Hi everyone, welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to discuss a film called Saving Mr. Banks. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest title I've ever heard. The title of the film comes from the Mary Poppins movie in which the father of the household is Mr. Banks, and it's all about saving him. Saving Mr. Banks. A very, very beautiful movie starring two very astonishingly talented actors, Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks. Can't do much better than that. You have a wonderful supporting actor here named Colin Farrell, who just about steals the picture from these other two people. May I add Paul Giamatti? Of course. Oh, he's so terrific. Believe it or not, this film is all about how the film Mary Poppins got made. Mm -hmm. Because Tom Hanks is Walt Disney. Right. And Emma Thompson is P.L. Travers, who wrote the books about Mary Poppins. Right. The books were very, very successful for her. But like anything else, except possibly the Bible, books come in and out of style. Now she needs money. She lived in England. And... For 20 years, right. Walt Disney has been trying to get her to give him the rights to do a film version of Mary Poppins. Finally, she says, well, all right, I will go to Los Angeles and talk to him, but I don't want to do this. I don't want them to ruin my Mary Poppins character. She wanted to have a script approval. Yes, and she did. I might add, Walt kind of lured her to Hollywood with the promise that she could have creative input. I don't think he was quite ready for what happened. That is because P.L. Travers was a very difficult woman. Oh, I'd say so. She has no sense of humor whatsoever. She demands to be called Mrs. Travers. Nobody would dream of calling her by her first name. That includes Walt Disney. She wouldn't call him Walt. She insisted on calling him Mr. Disney. He had the scriptwriter, Don DeGrati, played by Bradley Whitford. He had Robert Sherman and Richard Sherman, who wrote the music, played by B.J. Novak and Jason Schwartzman. And whatever they did, she disapproved of. She finally took one version of the script and threw it out the window. Mm -hmm. She was just impossible, and she was driving Walt Disney and everybody else crazy. Yes, she was driving them up the wall, that's for sure. You know you're in for a bad session when you have a working, writing, creative meeting with the Disney team. Right. The first words out of the Sherman Brothers was a lyric from one of the songs that appears in the movie. She just stopped them. They hadn't gotten through four words. She couldn't bear the fact that they were making up words. They hadn't even gotten to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, right. which for me is one of the most horrifying songs I've ever heard in my life. Right. In fact, I don't much care for the score to Mary Poppins myself, so I kind of teamed up with Emma Thompson's character as P.L. Travers on that score, no pun intended. She also disapproved of Dick Van Dyke. She couldn't stand him as the chimney sweep. She was infuriated that Walt Disney insisted on his being cast. She also wanted to make sure that there would be absolutely no animation whatsoever. Yes, she didn't want a cartoon. She wanted no cartoons in the picture. And of course, that's what the Disney factory was known for, the clever way that they would introduce animation into a live action film. Right. And that's what Mary Poppins ended up being. Walt Disney had to put up with Miss Travers for a couple of weeks, and it drove him crazy. So he passed off his executive duties to his team because he couldn't stand her. And he finally just said to the whole group of guys, 
fix this, I'm out of here. I mean, he really did not know how to handle her. Right. It would be like the taming of the shrew a little Oh, bit. sure. Absolutely. The interesting thing about this film, Saving Mr. Banks, is that a lot of the film is flashbacks dealing with her childhood in Australia back in 1906, in which she had a marvelous, marvelous relationship with her father. Her father was played by Colin Farrell. He is the most charming, most loving, most brilliant father you can imagine, except he was an alcoholic. That was much trouble to her family. So as the movie is being put together, she is thinking back to those early days. And I have to tell you that those sequences shot in Australia are so beautiful, so wonderful, so magical, and so charming. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is nothing magical and charming about the P.L. Travers character. She's just very, very difficult. I like the fact that they really showed you, by going back to her childhood, how those early traumas influenced her stories. I think that's really important to this movie. Those sequences were so impeccably directed that you get two movies for the price of one. Two movies for the price of one, no question. They were so perfectly integrated into the Travers who's sitting there with Walt Disney in the present, the year 1962. Right. It's just delicious the way they put this movie together so that you're going from past and present. It's really kind of seamlessly edited. This is one of the most entertaining movies, and that's with a capital E, that I have seen in years. It's a lovely film. It's funny. It's oh. sad. It's very, very charming. I really liked it a lot. I didn't think I was going to like it because I'm not a big fan of the Mary Poppins film. Okay, now I just talked myself out of the business, didn't I? <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was all that wonderful. And I thought Walt Disney being played by Tom Hanks. Eh. He was great. He was great. He was wonderful. She was fabulous. Oh, and let's talk about Paul Giamatti. He's the limousine driver yes. who's assigned to Miss Travers. When she gets to the Beverly Hills Hotel, he comes to pick her up and then drive her to the studio every day. He is exactly like you would figure a 1960s limo driver would be in Hollywood. He's sunshine, he's optimistic, he's a happy guy, and she is the exact opposite. No matter what he says to her, she is priggish, she's imperious, and she's rude. Now, I think it's a testament to the genius of Emma Thompson that she somehow makes this unlikable character likable. And we do find that she opens up. We see something of her and we begin to understand her. It's a magnificent performance. Emma Thompson is really a genius when it comes to doing characters like this. Yes. To play against someone like Paul Giamatti, who's full of optimism, and then you've got the avuncular Tom Hanks as Walt Disney. There was just so much drama going on on the screen. I just thought the movie was enchanting and very interesting to watch as these characters reveal themselves. You will love particularly the scene where the Sherman brothers are playing a song for her and she's hated everything that they've done prior to that. And now she is listening to this song and she's kind of getting with it. And they invite her to come and dance with them while they're doing the song in the rehearsal room. It was just so moving. Let's go fly a kite. Yes. Walt Disney did some research because he was desperate to find out what makes this woman tick 
How can I reach her? How can I get her to be more loving or more cooperative so that we can get this Mary Poppins movie off the ground? And he found out that her father had many great qualities, but one thing that he always wanted to do was to fix her toys and to make sure that she always had a perfect kite. And that song was then constructed to appeal directly to the kind of stone heart of P.L. Travers, and it worked the Disney magic. Absolutely. So for all these wonderful things, and I don't have one slightly negative thing to say about this movie, I'm obviously going to give it a green light. I guarantee you will enjoy it. I There's no car crashes. Nobody gets murdered. Nothing like that. It's just a lovely, beautiful, kind, gentle film and a brilliantly put together film. And we did not mention the director, John Lee Hancock. What an artist. He's not one of the big names right now. Maybe he will be after this film. It's just a tremendously gifted film. So I'm going to give it a green light. You know, I feel the same way. I like happy endings in movies, and we don't get enough of them in the current crop of pictures. That seems to be something that Hollywood shuns these days because they don't think it's sophisticated enough. I think this movie was upbeat. Without being sappy, I thought it was good-natured, I thought it was full of charm, and with just enough vinegar to balance out the sugar. (laughs) So, for me, Saving Mr. Banks, green light all the way. Okay, and two green lights for Saving Mr. Banks. Well, we're going to come back and review another movie very, very soon. I can't wait to do that, because, boy, I love to talk about movies, especially when they're this good. Until that time, though, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you will have a magical, magical time, even with a few animated penguins along the way, the next time you go and enjoy the movies. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.